Hello and welcome to another nine minute Bible study. Our starting point, Acts chapter 5, verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. There are four key statements of Peter in the book of Acts. The first one we saw in Acts chapter 2, in verse number 15, where he said, For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. This was Peter's explanation of what happened on the day of Pentecost. The second major statement of Peter is what we just saw. We ought to obey God rather than men. We live in a time where in various and many parts of the world, many people are being persecuted for their faith. If you ever read through Fox's Book of Martyrs or the book Jesus Freak by DC Talk, you will see a lot of the accounts of those who were persecuted for their faith. They had to answer this question, who do you obey? Do we obey the authorities or do we obey God? When it comes to matters of faith and religion, namely the word of the living God, when we are given a decision as believers, we must obey God rather than men. That means we keep believing in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection, regardless of what the authorities tell us to do. When given a choice, we follow Jesus. Now, will there be consequences? As we will see in this chapter, yes. As many throughout church history the last 2,000 years will be able to tell us in heaven, yes, there will be consequences. But we must do what the word of the Lord says. The Lord will be with us even unto death he will then bring you from death unto life. So yes, the Lord will always be with us in every situation. Peter continues, verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom he slew and hanged on a tree. Until there for a second. What? got the Sadducees' attention in Acts 3 was the word resurrection. Now, they mentioned the fact that the apostles were reminding them earlier how you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. What Peter is doing is nothing in the way of trying to bring attention to them. He is simply preaching the message they were told to preach. Go tell about this life. The Christ, the shed blood on the cross, and yes, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Verse 31. He hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Let's look at this verse a little more closely. God hath exalted with his right hand. How did this take place? Well, first, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Then what? 
Jesus ascends back to the Father. He is placed on the right hand of the Father, and he is a prince and a savior. Prince, we know that Jesus was made what? King of kings at the right hand of the Father. Savior. Now this goes back to what Jesus did on the cross. The shed blood of Jesus paid our sin debt. Jesus saved us from the consequences of our sin, especially an eternity in the lake of fire with eternal torment. So what Jesus did, it saved all those who believed from the negative consequences of our sins. Let's look at the flip side. What Jesus did, it saved us to the benefits of salvation. That includes what? Eternal life with Christ Jesus our Lord through all eternity. So yes, God is the one who exalted this Jesus to the role of a Savior. The next part of this, to give repentance to Israel. Israel repenting from what? What they did to Jesus. But the word forgiveness of sin, I really want us to focus on. Because this one is more op open-ended. We believe in the gospel message. Because we believe in the gospel message, there is no more remembrance of sin. When we bring our forgiven sins back to the attention of God through the Holy Spirit, the response will be like this. I don't remember what you're talking about. They're in the sea of forgetfulness. They are forgotten, never to be brought up again. That's forgiveness. When God looks at us, he no longer sees our past. Our past in his eyes, they are gone. We're forgiven. Verse 32. And we are witnesses of these things. Hold there for a second. The disciples are what? Witnesses of the Christ, the cross, the resurrection. They saw these events. They were told by the angel to speak the words of this life. Now they're doing so. And they will continue to do so into the future. The second part of verse 32. And so also is the Holy Ghost. Let's hold there. The Holy Ghost is a witness of Jesus. We preach about the Christ, the cross, the resurrection. The Holy Ghost is the one who pricks the hearts of those who hear the gospel cuts through all the defenses and begins to tell them what you're hearing about Jesus is true. Let's go a little further. Signs and wonders, healing and miracles. This is another way the Holy Ghost testifies about Jesus. The Holy Ghost, through the believers, is a witness of Jesus. So it's not just the witness of the church. It's not just the witness of the minister. When the gospel is preached, and when there is this heavy sense of what we call conviction, 
It is the Holy Spirit operating, letting people know that this Jesus is the Lord and Savior. The last part of verse 32, whom God hath given to them that obey him. How do we obey? By believing in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection. The Holy Ghost enters at that moment. The old man inside of us dies. A new man comes to life. That new man is forgiven. That new man now lives a new life in Christ. There is no infilling of the Spirit without first the gospel being preached. It is a benefit of our salvation. And we'll pick up with this in our next lesson.